It's great great to look out out and see so many gathered here and great to see you online as you join us now or later. Uh, Kind of reminds me of a few years ago, right? We were here a couple years ago and we make the most and best of situations and that's what God does amongst us that where we find ourselves as we depend upon him, uh, he makes the most of our own situations. And man, sometimes he really works. Or he's always working. Sometimes we feel his working and we recognize his power and his spirit and his presence. And so I pray this morning, you feel that the same. Bill, can you hear me okay in the back? Or that Bill, okay? So uh, Bruce, we're good back there. So, all right, I'll try to speak up a little bit. Let's pray. Gracious, holy, awesome, incredible, amazing God. Thank you in the midst of no power inside, Lord, that even in the inside of our hearts and the inside of this church, you're moving. Uh, just like you were yesterday as we gather, just like you do this morning as we gather. And when we leave, Lord, we thank you that we don't have to come to church to feel your power and your presence and your spirit. So continue to work in us, move in us, uh, convict us, uh, call us, uh, speak to us, uh, even when we wander away or think it's all over. Uh, Lord, uh, it's just begun. And so thank you for this day and this Sunday we have to share and worship together. In your name I pray. Amen. What a great Sunday last week. What a great Sunday for us to gather, for us to worship, amazing music, uh, amazing fellowship, uh, a wonderful day that Easter always brings. And thank goodness people still know the most important day for us to worship together. But what happens now? What changes? Where do we go from here? What wrongs of our life need to be righted? And will it last? What do we do now that we've celebrated Easter? I mean, all our work, all of our time, all of our planning, all of our preparation has really been focused on Easter and the series that we share together to bring us to that Easter point. But what happens the next week? What happens today and next week and the next week after that? I think this is where it kind of begins to get a little uncomfortable. We begin to rest. We begin to relax. We begin to take it easy. What about for Jesus and his disciples? What happens next for them? You know that story, the Emmaus story, and you've probably heard it many times. But it tells us the truth about Easter. So I invite you to hear it this morning perhaps with ears, fresh ears, in a way maybe you haven't heard it in a long time. So join me in your scripture if you can, on your devices or the Bibles before you or Bibles you brought, and I'm hoping I can read my Bible this morning in this light we have. So forgive me if I pause or have to move it. Now on that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing them. And he said to them, what are you discussing with each other while you walk along? They stood still and looking sad. Then... One of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place here, there, and these days? He asked them, What things? 
And they replied, the things about Jesus of Nazareth, who is a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people. And how our chief priest <coughs> and leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who would redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things took place. Moreover, some of the women of our group astounded us. They were at the tomb early this morning. And when they did not find his body there, they came back and told us that they had indeed seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as they had said, but they did not see him. Then he said to them, Oh, how foolish you are, and how slow of heart to believe all the prophets have declared. Was it not necessary that the Messiah should suffer these things and then enter into his glory? Then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them the things about himself in all the scriptures. As they came near the village to which they were going, he walked ahead as if he were going on. But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, because it's almost evening, and the day is now nearly over. So he went on, and he stayed with them. <clears throat> when he was at the table with them, he took bread. He blessed it, he broke it, and he gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he, and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road, while he was opening the scriptures to us? That same hour they got up and returned to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven and their companions gathered together. They were saying, the Lord has risen indeed, and he has appeared to Simon. Then they told what, he had, hap what had happened on the road and how he had been made known to them in the breaking of the bread. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Manhattan this past week been absolutely beautiful, except last night, so let's just ignore last night. But it has been absolutely beautiful. Great time to get out for a walk. Great time to get in the yard. Great time to mow your yard for the first time. All right, anybody? It's, it's, we did it this week. There's a lot to do outside and enjoy. Our neighborhood has some ponds, and I love to walk by them, but I confess, because my wife's here, that I haven't been walking by them, but I hope to, and she has been some, so I need to be honest with that. But I find myself, especially this week after Easter, just kind of itching to get out of the house, itching to get out of the office, right? You, you just need a break. You need to change your pace. You, you need some refreshments. You, you need some time in a different area. Maybe a little tired. Maybe dragon. Ironically, after Easter, I find myself needing some refreshment. Where do you go? Where's that place when you need to get out of the house or need a break or need to change your pace that you go? Where is your Emmaus? That place you go to escape, to unwind. That place where the pollution of the world and the stress of a situation cannot reach you. The problem is often we go to our Emmaus. And we love being there. 
and we feel better. And while we're there, it feels a little refreshing. But to be honest, we come back and nothing's changed. And we start the week again. And here we are in the same routine, doing the same thing we've always done in the same place. We go through Easter. Greatest day celebration worship of the year. But nothing changes. We wake up after Easter, but we're not sure where to go, what to do. So what do we do? We just go do what we've always done. Today's scripture, two of Jesus' followers have an interesting interactive experience on their way, on their way to Emmaus. Now, why are they going to Emmaus? We don't really know for sure. Do they live there? Perhaps. Maybe it implies that. That's the feeling I get. But we don't know that they actually live there. Was it an escape for them? Were they just staying over? Were they staying with some, some friends? Did they stay in an inn? I mean, they invite Jesus to join him. But why are they headed to Emmaus? Maybe it's been overwhelming. I mean, Easter is a pretty big day for us, and it had to be an incredible day for them too. Are the people, the men in their scripture say, are you clueless to Jesus? It's Jesus, but can you imagine sitting at the... And then he's gone. So what do we do now? I think it's then and only then that this message of Jesus, this message of Easter becomes fully recognized in the men's heart. And they are stirred and they are changed and they react and they respond. Easter becomes alive in their life and begins to make a difference. So what happens now? What happened to them and what happens to us? First, we've got to tell the story. We have to tell the story. Cleopas and the other disciple on the way to Emmaus made an assumption that many of us make. Everybody already knows about Jesus, right? I mean, anybody who's anybody knows about Jesus. They assume that everyone knew what had happened. And we often feel the same way. Easter, how could you not know what Easter was about? But do you realize that there are more people who don't know the meaning of Easter than who do know the meaning of Easter? Is that true at your school? Your place of work? The neighborhood you live in? Or do we just assume everybody knows about Jesus and we're not about to impose on somebody? The story of what Jesus did at Easter needs to be told and not just to people we know. They need to see it alive in us. I think if we're honest, more times than not, we're probably like these two disciples, these two people who are walking to the community of Emmaus. We think we know the full story and there's nothing else to learn, right? We got it all. We figured it all out. We celebrated every year. We've been coming to church every Easter. We know the story. But when we begin to be in touch with the source of the story, our hearts begin to burn like we didn't know it could. And we can't keep it to ourselves. We've got to tell the story. But you know what? It's not just a story that we tell on our own. We've got one who walks with us along the way to share that story. So we ask Jesus to help us tell that story. We ask Jesus to join us. We ask Jesus to be a part of the discussion, the conversations, the community, the fellowships, the gatherings, the dinner tables, 
in which we gather after Easter. What did Jesus do? When he got to that crossroad, when he got to that place where it was being evening and the two men were fixing to go to Emmaus, and where did Jesus want to go? What did Jesus want to do? He wanted to keep going. He was at a crossroads, and what did the men convince him to do? To stay, to come join them, to come be a part of what was going on. They urged him strongly to come with him. Jesus doesn't typically impose himself on us. He can, and he will if we need it, and we probably need it if we're paying attention. But typically, we have to come to a point where we're open to hear and receive him. I think that's the gift that we're given of free will, which we can use to invite Christ to better our lives, or just to keep going without us. Do you find yourself at a crossroads? Do you find yourself at the point that you really need Jesus? Do you find yourself really wanting Jesus to walk with you, but you're not sure what that means, what that looks like, how that's going to turn out? Revelation 3.20 reminds us, Listen, I'm standing at the door knocking. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come to you and eat with you and you with me. So we've got to tell this story. And we don't have to tell it alone or make that journey alone, but Jesus comes with us. And what do we have to do? We also need to be conscious of where God's working around us. To be conscious of what's taking place, of how Jesus is moving around us and in other people's lives and open our eyes to what God is doing. And if we can't, if we're still blind, Remember, we talked several times about blind Bartimaeus and, and others. Then again, we need to ask Jesus to open our eyes. Because maybe we just can't open them wide enough, or maybe there's still stuff, stuff standing in the way. Jesus helps us make sense out of things we can't understand. He helps us give direction of where to go when we're not too sure what's next. Jesus opened the scriptures to his disciples. Oh my gosh, how awesome would that be to have Jesus open the word for us to understand what it is that's being said. But we have that opportunity today through the Spirit helping us. And a few verses later, in verse 30, 45, he opened the scriptures to them that they might understand them. So here's the question. I think here's the, the big question that today holds. What do you need Jesus to open for you? Is it your eyes? Is it your mind? Is it your heart? Is it your home? Is it your will or your spirit? Because there's something still separating us from fully experiencing Jesus after Easter. What is it that keeps you from hearing and seeing and taking action upon his message. What is it that keeps you from believing and following him? What is it that you need to happen to share Easter? The Lord gives us the insight and the way to remove these obstructions and fully embrace the good news of Easter. If we're going to fully embrace Easter, 
if you and I are going to fully embrace what took place last week and the excitement, the celebration and the, the joy and the movement and the feel goodness that comes with it. If we're going to learn from our past and live out of Easter, we've got to embrace Jesus fully. We've got to embrace Jesus fully. The Lord who was made known to the disciples in the breaking of the bread and the interpretation of the scripture is the same Lord being revealed to us through the scriptures today. It's not just on a Sunday morning, Wednesday evening, gathering for a Bible study or a prayer breakfast or some other time. It's not even just on first Sunday of the month when we traditionally celebrate Holy Communion. But perhaps it's each day, every day, when we gather at the dinner table that we invite Jesus to be with us. So if the world seems to be too heavy, or if we find ourselves exhausted, or if we're asking the question, what happens now? Then I invite you today or the day you go through that to open your eyes to Jesus, to invite him to join you, to share his story, and to trust in the resurrection of what Christ did. What happens now to each of us? as Easter people who've experienced the Easter resurrection. We gather for worship. No matter what obstacle puts in our path, we still seek to gather for worship together. It doesn't matter whether we're poor or rich, black or white, a student or retired, employed or unemployed. In God's eyes, we're all his children. Easter did not end last Sunday at sundown, but Easter stretches into the rest of our lives. Where's your Emmaus? Where is your Emmaus? Whether it is, wherever it is, may you be on the lookout for Christ revealing himself to you, in you or around you. And when he does, may you be led and fed to do what needs to happen now. Tell somebody. Tell somebody. Remind yourself that he's come and done the impossible. That whatever we face, we're not alone either. In the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen.